Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and Mercury Mile does it in just three easy steps. So just first go on to Mercury Mile. Dot com, create your profile, and then go in and make sure you just change your sizes and say what you like, say what you don't like, what kind of weather you're looking for, and then they'll send you out a curated, curated excuse me, box of goodies and all sorts of apparel, and you'll get to choose the stuff that you love and send back the stuff that you don't. So Mercury Mile, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the boxes they've been sending out recently has had a lot of rabbit running gear in it, and that's one of the best brands out there. I love the rabbit running gear that I have. So I had one uh, one listener got a box, and her quote was, the whole thing was rabbit gear. And I, That's probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but if it is, hey, that's great, because Mercury Mile has great prices if you decide to keep any of the products in there. And the other thing is, it's not a subscription service. So you just order a box whenever you need it. I'm going to order one in the next week or two just to get some stuff for the fall as the weather starts to turn Shoot, it was hot today. Didn't need any fall gear today. It was about 85 and sunny, but I know that it's right around the corner. So go to mercurymile.com and use promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout. It saves you $10 on the $20 stylist fee, and that's really all you have to pay to get a box sent to you. So today's episode is with Natalie Mitchell. Natalie is under the definition of the Rambling Runner podcast here. She's definitely balancing running with the rest of her life. She is a 10-time marathoner. She is down to a PR of 3.11. She's also a wife, a mother of three, and now a small business owner. So we touch on a lot of things in this episode. We touch on how running when she was a kid helped her integrate as she moved around the country and started in new schools. And then later on in life, after she had her three kids, kind of three kids in a six-year span, how she got back into running after that and then started running races kind of faster than ever. And one thing is about Natalie, if you know her at all, she is an extremely positive person. So we talk about talk a lot about that, kind of where that comes from, why that's a guiding principle of hers, and I guess just where she gets it from, generally speaking. So we do that, and we also talk about her new business called Sweet Run. That's S-U-I-T-E, Sweet, like a hotel. And this is one of, one of those businesses out there that I am so excited about because I travel a lot for business. And it's one of those things where it's... It, I'll let her explain it in the podcast, but basically... When you go and you check in a hotel, you download the app, and it will show you the safe running routes leading from that hotel door. And that is such a big thing for business travelers or any kind of traveler, really, and especially now where running safety has unfortunately been in the news a lot recently because of some tragedies. Um, Being safe is obviously the most important thing, and if you're not safe, then everything else, uh, it really doesn't matter. So um, seeing what Natalie's doing on the, on the business front is definitely something that I think is, is a, it's a good thing for all of us runners out there. So without further ado, my conversation with Natalie Mitchell. Hello, Natalie, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. This is fantastic. I am so glad that you can join me, and this has been quite the adventure, quite the audio adventure. We're like going into all new territory in terms of how to record this podcast. We've like overcome so many hurdles from an audio and technological perspective, but we're here and we're finally making it happen. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe we are making this happen. This has been an adventure and I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it indeed. So for anyone who doesn't know you already, you are a 10-time marathoner with a PR of three, three hours and 11 seconds. In addition to that, you also recently started a small business. You're also a mother of three and a wife. you got a lot of stuff going on. So it's uh, Labor Day weekend right now. Um, I, guess, I guess your kids must be ready to go back to school at this point. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think they're ready in the sense that they they want to see their friends and kind of, 
you know, get that sense of normalcy back of seeing their friends every day. But we have been on such a fun schedule of just kind of like going to bed kind of, you know, a little bit later and sleeping in a little bit and just doing, you know, kind of whatever we want, whatever they want to do each day. Um, So I think they're going to definitely miss that part of it. So are you guys like strict on routine or are you more of as they get older or maybe shoot, maybe when they were younger, you did this too, that you just kind of like, kind of like, you know, see how the day goes and play it by ear. Or are you more like the parents that are like, all right, Hey, seven thirty is bedtime. And that's how we do it. Oh my gosh. I am <clears throat> the sleep. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am the sleep Nazi for sure. Ever since they were babies. Um, I just, um, was really big on their sleep and how important it is for the, for development and just their mood and, and my mood. And so I'm definitely one of those moms that's like, okay, at this time we have to take our bath and this time we have dinner and this time we go to bed. So, um, and it works well. In fact, it probably is to the point where, cause they're so used to a schedule that when we have those points, like, especially during the summer where, we have a little bit more of a relaxed schedule. They're they're kind of like, okay, I'm not used to this. Like I can, you know, kind of stay up a little bit later or that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, during the year we're we're really strict on bedtime. Yeah, so are we. But it's kind of one of those things where like our kids were so good at sleeping that I guess we've just kind of fallen into it. You know, I don't think my wife and I are, are like super strict people by nature, but it's almost like at this point, like, hey. You know, they've always just kind of gone to bed whenever we put them down that we just never mess with it. And then like now it's almost kind of like I'm probably like unnecessarily rigid with it at at this point. You know what I mean? As opposed to like just kind of like, I guess, making it happen in the summer and just saying, hey, you know, whatever. It's nice outside. The sun's out. Let's just enjoy life. I guess it's more of like, hey, no, no, no. 730 is time to go to bed. So like I can have uh, so at least an hour to be an adult. (laughs) I know. I feel like, you know, when we, you know, relax the schedule a little bit, then, you know, so we started, you know, in June, they got out of school in June and it's kind of like, okay, you know, we can stay up a little bit later. And, and then by the time July comes, it's starting to get later and later. And and then I'm like, you guys have to go to bed because I need to go to bed and I want to do some things. And, and so if you stay up late, then it just kind of like puts everything late and it just makes it kind of, crazy. But at the same time, they love having the, I don't know, just the freedom to kind of, you know how it is to kind of hang out and I don't know, be up a little bit later and watch a show that they normally wouldn't watch. Or we've been really into um, going out for bonfires a lot this summer. And so we get to stay up late for that and they roast marshmallows and they get to play on the beach. And so that has been a really fun part of our summer that we're going to miss a lot. Oh, that's that does sound nice. Well, how old are your kids, by the way? We're, you were talking about them. How old are they? Yeah, I have three. So my son is 11. He's going to sixth grade. And then I have a daughter who's eight. She's going to third grade. And then our baby is, well, I can't call her baby, but she's five. She's going to kindergarten, which I cannot believe that. Now that is so exciting. Well, do you view it as exciting or are you, are you going to be empty nest syndrome a little bit? I know. I mean, yeah, I am excited just because I've had like a kid home with me, you know, at some point during the morning hours for, I mean, over a decade. So that's going to be really weird not to have that. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I know that she's ready. She had three years of preschool and She's got the older siblings, so she's definitely ready, Ready, I think, for that. And I'm ready, too. I'm kind of ready to kind of have that part of the day to get things done and not feel like I have to pick up kids in the middle of the morning. And, you know, we're just kind of entering this new phase of life. So I think we're all kind of excited about it. Right. So you're entering a new phase of life in multiple ways. So not only do you have three kids are going to be kind of in school full-time. You just started a brand new business called Sweet Run, which we're definitely going to talk about. I think it's very important 
what you're doing uh, in this space, uh, especially recently, just with, with runner safety, especially for female runner safety being very much in the news. And um, not that that's a new issue, especially for female runners, is something that's always been there. But I think it's kind of become more of a national topic was, uh, you know, with recent events, um, how things have occurred. But before we get into that, you had a post on your blog recently that I thought was um very interesting, just how you, just how you approached it and how you talked about a topic that I think a lot of people think about, and some people talk about as well. It was it was the blog post, um, it was the superhuman you blog post. Would you mind just just recapping that for a second before we dive into it? Yeah, you know, um, super like finding your superhuman you. I mean, I think we we all kind of go through this phase of like you know, wanting to achieve certain goals or or having certain things in our life that we want to do that might seem like a pretty big reach, you know? And I think it's important to have those, you know, reach goals, those kind of goals that you know that are hanging out there that are important to you, but you have to really work hard for them. And, you know, it, sometimes it's kind of necessary to put on this kind of cape the superhuman cape and say, you know what, I know that that's going to be, that's a really big goal for me. But if I work really hard, I know that I can achieve that and not, not let things get in your way of going for those really big goals and kind of, I don't know, there's going to be bumps along the way and you're going to feel discouraged along the way, or you might feel like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? But I think you just have to just be consistent, take it one day at a time and put in the work and know that at some point it will happen. You just have to believe in yourself. And that's definitely the genesis of Superhuman You. And I had a lot of fun writing the post. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you you start writing and then you kind of think about all the personal things that you want to accomplish. And then I just you know, kept writing and getting into it and hope that it all, I also hope that it reaches other people and makes them realize that they can achieve those goals out there too. So, yeah. Now, what goals have you put forth you know, in your own life to, that you viewed as kind of like a stretch goal or something that you viewed as, Hey, like if I can do this, this would be just phenomenal and maybe something that was maybe pushing, pushing past your limits. I mean, in the, in the like recent, I guess in the last year or two with the marathon training and the running and um, it's been kind of a big part of my life. Um, Not the most important part, but it's been a big part of my life. And um, it's just been neat to kind of see like what, my body can do and, um, and putting little goals out there. And one of the bigger goals that I have is I really would like to break three hours in the marathon. And, you know, I mean, for some people it's like, you know, they could, you know, that wouldn't be such a big deal or, I mean, I I think it is a big deal, but it, it might come easier to, to some people. And for me, I know it's going to be something that I work really hard for and it's going to be, um, a big focus in my life. And it's going to have to be something that I'm patient with and kind of um, wait until my body is ready to to push past that barrier. But yeah, that for me is like right now a big goal that I'm excited about. And, and I think it's important too to kind of put it out there and talk about your goals and kind of make yourself a little uncomfortable with putting it out there. But um, but yeah, that's it. That's kind of what the the immediate goal is as far as running goes. So. Yeah. And you kind of make yourself vulnerable a little bit by putting it out there because when you have such a, um, not only a big goal for you personally, but the kind of goal that's kind of centered around a round number, it's very easy for people to remember it. Then it's also out there like, Hey, like if this doesn't happen, it's going to be a very public, um, I guess not a letdown, but you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like, all right, people are going to be kind of rooting me on. If this doesn't happen, people are going to be very aware that this didn't work out. So what are, I guess, some of the benefits? So that's, that's the negative, right? So what are some of the benefits 
of taking a big goal and making it public? Oh, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's a big goal that I have, and I don't know how long it'll take for me to achieve that. So that sort of takes a little bit of the pressure off. Like I'm training for a marathon this fall, and yeah, I would like to achieve that goal. But if it doesn't happen for some reason, I mean, there's so many things that can happen in a marathon. Like maybe you're having an off day or maybe the weather isn't perfect or there's just so many things that can happen. I mean, and and a big deal for me is staying strong the last 5K, the last 10K and kind of, you know, pushing through some of the difficulties that I might have. And so if it doesn't happen, this particular marathon, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely be bummed or, you know, kind of analyze what happened and and what I can do differently. But I know that um, each marathon that I do, I put a lot of time and effort and I just put a lot into it. And so I think, you know, then you just go on to the next one. And it's also good to put it out there to for people to know like, hey, we all have these obstacles and we all have these hurdles. And it's not just an easy thing to say, hey, I want to accomplish this goal. And if I work really hard, it's going to happen. Because Maybe, maybe it will. And then maybe it may take a little bit more time for that to happen. And so I'm okay with it. And I think that makes it easier to put it out there too. That's a good point. I think one thing that I struggle with personally about the big goals is that the letdown I get if I don't achieve them. It's almost like, um, I'm just trying to put it in perspective. So like if you, if someone had listened to the podcast I did with Laura Pierce, where she interviewed me, then you might already be aware. I've never actually achieved a race goal in my life. So I've run a lot of races. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually, you know, fulfilled the, the, the race plan to the point where I actually ran the goal pace that a coach thought I was capable of doing. So for me, I look at that and it just like gives me anxiety just thinking about this. Because I'm like, oh my god! Like I can't even reach like the the goals that my coach thinks I'm, I'm capable of in the moment. Never mind like a reach goal later on. So like I'm like I hear you talk about it. it like makes all the sense in the world. I like get behind. I'm like, yeah, Natalie's gonna go for the three hour marathon. She's at three eleven. Like she can make that happen. This would be so fantastic. And then I think like, all right, what about for me? What can I do? I'm like, ah, maybe not. Maybe you should you should relax on the big goals and leave that to other people. Um, so if you were, I guess, kind of talk me into it, what would you say? Like, what, what would you say as the reason that this kind of having a big goal in general would be a positive thing to have? Well, I would say, I'd say, Matt, you know what? Having goals are totally, I think it's something that, you know, for many of us, it keeps us going. It keeps us wanting to get out of bed in the morning and, wanting to put our all into to our workouts, you know? And so I think it's important to have those goals. Um, but I think if you realize that it, it might take a long time for your goal to happen, but if you write it down and you look at it and you kind of put it into your into your mind, into your soul, that that's something that you really want to do and you don't give up on it no matter what, um, And don't let a bad race or a bad training block or something that's not necessarily positive um, get in your way, then I think no matter what, you will achieve those goals or that particular goal. It just might take you a little bit longer. And that's, I mean, that happens for so many runners. I mean, we say, oh my gosh, I really want to do X, you know, I really want to run this time. And then it may not happen. It may not happen for a long time. And we get discouraged. Sometimes we have to go away from it. Sometimes we have to change things about our training or change things about what we're doing or have a different mindset or tweak some things. Um, But I also think that if you're having fun on the journey, that's the most important part. I mean, for me, I just love the, I just love getting up and going for a run. I mean, even if I didn't have goals, um, I would never stop running. I mean, if I wasn't on social media, if I wasn't talking about, I would just never stop running. I just love going for a run. So I think if you keep that in mind that, you know, you love the sport and you love 
being a part of a running community and you like how it makes you feel, then all the other things will, they'll come into play. Now, how long has running been a part of your life? Oh my gosh. I have been running for a long time. I've been running. I ran with my parents. So we, I grew up in Ohio and my parents both really liked to run. And so I remember being this like seven, eight-year-old kid going on runs um, in the park or we had some trails near our house. And I would go on these runs with my parents. It was so much fun and they made it fun. There was never any sort of pressure or they were just like, hey, you know, we're running. Do you want to run, run with us? And I always wanted to run with them. And I never, I, I had a hard time keeping up with them at times, but it was just like one of those things that we laughed about. It was fun. It was a great way to be outside. So yeah, so I started running um, pretty young age. And then let's see, I started running cross country and long distance track in high school. Um, I thought I wanted to be a sprinter and <laughs> I do not have those fast twist, twitch muscles to be a sprinter. So my coach quickly talked to me out of that and asked me if I wanted to join the cross country team, which I thought was pretty crazy. But um, so, yeah, so got into that and pretty much instantly loved it, like just loved the friends that I was making and loved the workouts and just the feeling of being out on the trails and different roads and, um, running with my friends. It was just, it was immediately, I knew it was a great fit for me. So anyway, ran through high school and then I, um, ran in college. I was a walk-on. There was no fancy story. There was no scholarship story or anything like that. I went to Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara, by that time, we had moved um, from Ohio to California. Um, I moved here in the middle of high school, which was definitely a little bit of a tough point in my life. And again, that's where running came in to play big time because um, I was able to make really good friends on the cross-country team. So we moved here and um, my mom was like, yeah, you should definitely join the cross country team. And I agreed because it was just a natural extension of what I was already doing. And so we went and met the coach and I joined the team and we went to Mammoth that summer for cross country camp and, and I loved it. So I finished out high school there. Then I went to Santa Barbara for undergrad and like I said, I just walked in to my coach's office and was like, I'd really like to join join this team. I mean, I wasn't this great high school standout. I didn't have any state titles behind my name or anything huge, but I loved to run. I was a pretty good runner. And so he let me on the team. And yeah, it was great. I mean, I ran my freshman and sophomore year um, at Santa Barbara, and then I got injured um, which was no fun. My sophomore year, I got injured and, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, we were quickly scrambling to figure out how to heal the injury. It was just at the time we thought it was just a bad case of shin splints, but they were a bad case of shin splints that just never went away. And so we went through this whole process of like, maybe I need orthotics. So I went, um, up to a special physical therapist and they looked at my gait and decided that I needed um, orthotics. So we got orthotics and I was doing all sorts of exercises and I had all this physical therapy, but it just never seemed to get better. Um, I don't know why we couldn't figure it out at the time, but so I took a bunch of time off and um, would try to come back, but it just never seemed to come together. So, um, then I didn't run my junior year. And then I tried to come back. At that point, we had a new coach um, at the university and he was great. I really, you know, respected and liked him a lot and tried to, you know, work with him to, to figure out a plan for me to come back. But ultimately, I just, I wasn't able to overcome um, the injuries. And, I, and then I think after that point, I had healed but I wasn't sure how excited I was about at that point since I had missed so much of my college 
eligibility. I, I just don't know how excited I was about um, trying to come back and run at a high level my senior year. So I didn't. So I was just running for fun and hanging out and being a, a regular college student and definitely feeling a little bummed that I had missed out on a lot of my um, college eligibility. And, you know, a, I don't know, there was definitely that sense of like regret of what I could have done in college. And then I shook it, shook it off. And I thought, well, that wasn't God's plan for me. And so now I just kind of have to move on and, and, you know, we'll see what, what else is going to happen as far as running is concerned. So graduated college. And then I thought, you know, I really like to do a marathon. That's kind of been on my bucket list. And I remember one of my high school coaches, um, telling me that you should do a marathon at some point in your life. If you, if you really have any inkling of wanting to do it, I would highly recommend it. And she was just telling me how, how much it changed her life. And she talked a lot about going to the Boston marathon. And, and it was funny because she was a mom with three kids that was kind of coaching on the side. And, um, and so it was just funny. So I I got out of college and I thought, well, maybe I'll give the marathon a try. And, and then probably two years after college, I ran my first marathon. I ran the LA marathon and I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So I just, um, I mean, I literally think I followed one of the plans, one of the runner's world plans in the back of their magazine or something. There was some like 16 week marathon plan. And so I followed that, ran the LA marathon. I ran in 406 and it was a little painful at the end. I mean, I, I was kind of like, why did I choose to do this? This is crazy. And my mom was my mom was at the end of the marathon, and I remember her kind of running it in with me, and she was like, I know this is really hard, and I know that you're in a lot of pain right now, but you can do this. You can finish. And so, yeah, I finished it, and um, and I wasn't sure if I'd ever do that again. I was like, I did not have any fun. I don't think I want to do this again. Um, And then, of course, you know, like all runners, we go home and we think about it. And then we think, oh, gosh, I think I can do this better. I think I can definitely train smarter and actually train better for the distance. Speak for yourself, Natalie. (laughs) I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that sucker again. I know. It's so hard. I mean, especially in those moments (laughs) when you finish, you're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this again. But after I had some time to think about it, I was like, all right, I think I can definitely, you know, put this together in a better, in a better, more efficient way and, and give it another shot. So that's what I did. Yeah. I ended up going on to run, I think four, four LA marathons. And then I'm like, all right, I need to do something different. So then I ran the Chicago marathon and I really, I still didn't have a coach at that point, but I, you know, I was like, I really want to do well in Chicago. So I trained really hard for that. And, um, it was a good, it was a good experience. I mean, I, I definitely did not achieve the time that I wanted to achieve, but it was, it was a great, I mean, anyone that's run the Chicago marathon knows how it's just a really great race and the crowds and the people and just the support of the city and, it's a, it's just a flat course, except at the very end. And it's so funny because I will always tell people this. Nobody told me this at the very end. So at the very end of the Chicago marathon, cause I know people are getting ready for it. And if you've never run it before at the very end of the race, I think at like mile 25 and a half or just before the end, there is this little hill, which normally you would think, okay, this is not a big deal. But when you're at the very end of the marathon and you're not expecting it, you're like, what in the world is going on right now? I cannot believe they put this little tiny hill right here. So that's something to definitely note for people who haven't done it before. But it's a great race. So now you are, and you have always been, it's like one of those things, it's like the hallmark of your personality and character. At least that's how it seems from the outside is that you're a very positive person. Is that something that you've always had or is that something you've cultivated? You know, I think it's always been there. Um, I remember going um, to visit some family. Like, I think I might have been in college 
And it was just family that I had, it was my dad's side of the family and I had gone with him and we went to this family reunion. And um, I just remember people, some of my cousins that I hadn't met before saying like, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you always smiling all the time? And it was almost like it was a bad thing. And and I felt a little self-conscious about it, you know, like, because I was like thinking, oh my gosh, do they think that like I'm not being real or why are they asking me this? But I was just kind of like- I mean, that, like, that's legitimate, right? <laughs> it's like, sometimes you get that. You see someone who's not being real. And one of the early tells is that they're either overly optimistic or pessimistic. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think you just have to be your authentic self. And that's just, you know, who I am. I'd rather look at the glass half full than half empty. And I'd rather smile than than be down. So that's just, that's me. So, you know, I'm like, well, this is me. And, um, you know, I just want to be your friend <laughs> pretty much. That sounds so, so goofy, but um, that's... That's just, that's just my personality. So, so with that optimistic view on the world and just how you approach things, what has been the biggest hurdle that you've overcome and how did you deal with it? Oh, I would say like, as far as my running, um, I think the biggest hurdle that I had was when I had knee surgery a few years ago, um, so I had, you know, after I started, so I started running marathons and I'd done, you know, a bunch of LA marathons. I did the Chicago marathon. Then I took a huge break. And it was funny because as I was kind of writing down my marathon progression, it really didn't hit me until I started looking at it all on paper. And I was like, wow, I had a pretty huge break. But so after Chicago, I just took a break and, um, started, you know, having, we started our family a couple years after that. And, and then I just had really d- difficult pregnancies. So I wasn't able to run during my pregnancies and I would see, you know, people, and I had, I had all these visions. First of all, I had this, this vision of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be this like amazing, you know, pregnant person that's going to be just running and I'm going to like walk to the hospital and have my baby. And then I'm going to, you know, <laughs> take a little time off and I'll start, you know, running again. And that was so not the case. Um, I found out pretty quickly that it was not, I was just not able to run, um, for the health of myself and, and the baby. So, um, so then I just would take, I took a pretty big chunk of time off. Like I'd, you know, get pregnant and have the baby and then wasn't running at all and then start running a little bit and then have another baby. And so it was like this whole like up and down period, Um, and then I, when I had the last baby, I, you know, took some more time off and then I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready just to really get back into running again. So then I think when L, my last baby was probably 18 or 19 months old, I, um, I started training and I, and I ran a marathon at that point to kind of just, I needed to get back into goals and I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, have something to kind of train for. So I, I ran a marathon then, um, and that was 2014. And then after that, and that was the Ventura marathon, I ran 332 at that marathon. And I was like, all right, it is what it is. It's a good way to get back into, running long distance and marathoning again. And then right after that, I started to have a knee, like some knee pain. My knee was really bothering me. And I was like, oh, I just figured, well, I'm starting to get back into, you know, running a lot of miles again. And I just ran this marathon and I hadn't run a marathon in so long. So my body's just reacting to it. Well, it, long story short, it turned out that was not the case. And after many um, trips to different doctors and different MRIs and kind of talking with different people and getting second and third and fourth opinions. Um, we figured out that I had a pretty serious knee injury and I had to have it surgically taken care of. Otherwise I wasn't going to be able to run again. So I ended up having knee surgery, um, the weekend uh, that I was supposed to be running the Boston marathon in 2015. What a bummer. I know. It was such a bummer. 
So I was at home. I had just gotten out of surgery and watched the Boston Marathon on TV. And I was like, all right, well, I will, that's something that I will work toward. You know, I want, I definitely want to do that. And I had qualified for Boston before, but for whatever reason, just hadn't been able to make it to run the race. So I had never run Boston before. And so at that point I was like, I really would, I really want to do that. And, um, and then I, so I went to rehab and physical therapy the rest of the summer and I had four months of that and then started running again at the end of August. So that was August, 2015. And then that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna kind of give this whole marathon training thing, my full attention, you know, second to being a mom, of course, but I really want to give this my full attention. I had, ha- I had a coach at that point and, and then we just started kind of slowly plugging away and just slowly taking everything, you know, depending on how my body was feeling and how my knee was healing, but I, I healed really well and pretty quickly considering, um, just, kind of the invasiveness of the surgery and got the all clear that October and started training. And then I went to Boston, ran the marathon in 2016. Um, and it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm finally here. Like after all this time, because of whatever reason, I've never been at this race. So that was a really special, I brought my whole family and it was just a really cool experience to finally be there. And yeah, I ran, I ran 326 there. It was a warm day and I knew I was capable of running faster than that, but that's what the day gave me. So I took it and I was, you know, I just get pretty emotional after every marathon. It's probably embarrassingly so, but I think you put so much into your training and just kind of sacrificing weekends and, you know, putting in these long runs and feeling tired and balancing, you know, whatever we all as runners balance in our lives. And so, you know, when you cross the finish line, there's a lot of sweat and tears that go into it. And also I knew that I was coming back from this knee injury and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done, I've, you know, finally done this. And um, I remember cl- crossing the finish line and the person that put the medal around my neck was just so kind and was like, are you okay? And I, cause I was totally crying and I had my phone with me and I picked up the phone. I called my coach and, um, I just was like, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe this has finally happened after all this time. And, and I, and, you know, and I'm pretty like, I can be kind of hard on myself. Like I always want to feel like, you know, I could have done this differently or why didn't I answer? Why didn't my body answer, you know, or do this, you know, this part of the race differently when I was having a hard time or why couldn't I push past the pain? But ultimately I was just happy. I was happy to, um, to have that under my belt. And I was like, all right, it's time to come back and work even harder. So then, um, came back and ran Boston the next year, 2017, which was the super hot year. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh. It was so funny too. By this point, we were, we were laughing because I brought my family again and we were like, all right, what's the weather going to be like? I'm kind of ready for anything. And it was one of those things where I think I did the shakeout run like, you know, the day before, of course, and it was cool and it wasn't too sunny. And so they had kept saying, I mean, like, the weather's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. And I thought, well, maybe it's not because it feels pretty good right now. And then sure enough, <laughs> I remember Gerald, my husband, walking me to the buses, um, you know, to go to the start of the race that morning. And we were just sweating. It was like sweltering already. And we're like, okay, here we go. So you just, you know, you put a lot into the training. You just go with it because we can't be in control of the weather. So it was a tough day out there. But I did run three minutes faster than I did in 2016. So I ran 323 um, at Boston um, there. And it was good. I mean, I just felt like, you know, I did what what my body was able to do in that weather. And there's going to be another race. 
there'll just be another opportunity to keep working hard and keep, you know, um, chipping away. So then went back. So you did this, you did this after a sustained period of time of inconsistent training, right? So you had three kids and you knew had some injuries as well that, so basically over a seven year span, six, seven years, you had very inconsistent training. And then, you know, after that, we're able to get a couple good years in and in a row. So when you are either witness people going through something similar, or if someone were to come to you and say, hey, I've had a couple years in a row, where like, whether it's kid related or injury related or any other reason, and they're just doubting their ability or doubting their, um, if this is just going to be, you know, if this, if this is ever going to work out in their favor, what would you tell them? I would just tell them to keep sticking with it. Just keep going because, you know, life is not perfect. There is no linear path to get to where we want to be. I mean, it's just not like that. I mean, we all go through ups and downs. Like you might feel like, oh my gosh, my training is going so well. And then suddenly you get injured or something happens and you, you know, you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring. But I think if you can bring your attitude and bring a positive attitude and just know that like, you're going to get through it, it's going to be hard. Um, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be days where you don't even feel like really getting up and doing a workout. But I think if you write down your goals and you write down your reason why, whether it's you know, I want to run this time or I really want to just accomplish the goal of just crossing the finish line. And you write that down and look at it every day and and know that's the reason why you're going to get out of bed and go for a run. And you know, that's going to make you feel really good when you're, when you're finished. Um, and you just keep remembering those things, then you can honestly, I think anybody can get through any, any hard, hard, points in their life or in their training. So that's what I would say. So where do you write down your goals? So (laughs) I used to just have these like random pieces of paper that I would have on my nightstand so that um, when my alarm would go off in the morning, I would see them, you know, and it would just, it was nothing fancy, just be like some, you know, random scratch writing on a piece of paper and I'd look at it in my fog of sleep and like, all right, this is why I'm getting up. And now I'm a little bit better. Like I have a journal and, um, I write down a lot of like notes and different positive things that I want to, that's going to keep me going, especially cause I mean, I go through times like everybody else where I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like my kids were driving me crazy today, or we had a crazy day, or I have all these things going on. Like, or I really don't feel like doing this tempo workout today. I kind of really don't like, and I, and it's funny because like, you know, with social media, it's like, we have all these beautiful images of like people running and it's like, I nailed my workout and all those things are so good. And, and of course we only want to put out the positive because you really don't want to see my 10 loads of laundry that need to be folded or my daughter having a tantrum about the most random thing or, you know, all the things that kind of happen, you know, in life. And so I think that if you just keep focused through all the noise on why you want to do what you want to do, why you want to accomplish your goals, then yeah, I mean, you can kind of like push through any of any of the obstacles along the way. That's a good point. And I, I've seen so many articles and books, not um, not solely devoted to this, but mentioning it, um, and it says a central plank in their thesis that, that writing down your goals is a very positive thing to do and helps ensure that you'll get there. And I always wonder, like, it's kind of like chicken and egg a little bit. Like, you know, is it, is it writing down your goals that allows you to get them? Or is it that you, by the, the, the kind of person who writes down a goal is almost like, so committed to it in the first place. That's the reason they wrote it down because they were, they were so over, they were already so invested in the goal that, that, it, you know, that it was like almost like an indicator that it already meant a lot to them. That's the reason they wrote it down in the first place. But I can honestly say I've never have written my goals down. So maybe that's something I need to do more of. So when you, when you do that, are you thinking about 
just the big goals or do you do short-term and intermediate goals as well? That's a good question. Yeah, both. I mean, I definitely have the like big pie in the sky or, or bigger goal that I, that I want written down. But then there are times where I'm like, you know, I just really want to run a faster 5k next weekend, or I really want to, you know, nail my tempo workout that's coming up in two days. I'll write those down too, because I think, you know, the small, tiny goals along the way will help you get to the the ultimate bigger goal that you want to achieve. So I think it's good to to do both. Yeah, that's a good point. So one of those goals, maybe not running related necessarily, must have been the new business that you just started, Sweet Run. So Sweet Run is, let me just spell it out. So Sweet is S-U-I-T-E, like a hotel suite. Um, So first of all, what is this and why did you start it? So... (laughs) Um, my husband, Gerald and I, we, I just feel like, like our relationship has, has running weaved so much through our relationship. I mean, and if anybody that knows us knows that it's like, you know, from the moment I met him, it was like, he knew that I was a runner and, um, and then just from that moment on, we've like, Anytime we would travel together or wherever we go, running was always weaved into that into into our relationship. It's like, okay, we're going on a trip, so now when we get there, okay, where are we going to run, or where is Nat going to run? And I'll bike with you. I'll rent a bike and bike with you, or I'll run part of it with you. And so it was always um, part of our life. And I think you know, at some point, we knew that we you know we wanted to become entrepreneurs and we wanted to start a business and and we and especially as time went on we're like well whatever we decide to do we knew that running would be weaved into that because that's truly what what we really love love to do and so then we were thinking like we love to travel we love to run we've talked to so many people that love the same thing they love to travel they love to run when they go on vacation they want to go for a run and it's like at the more people we talked to, we realized that when they're staying at their hotel or wherever they're staying, there was never, you know, anyone to tell them where to run or where's a safe place to run or where's a really beautiful place to run or where can I run and see different sites along the way or see something really cool. And we were having the same experience. We'd go to a hotel and we're like, hey, where can we run? And they were kind of like, uh, we don't know, just kind of go out the door and, <laughs> you know, head west or head north or whatever. And so the more we talked about it, we're like, I think there's some, there's a need here for people to, to, you know, have a map or have some directions on where to run when they travel. And the more research we, we did, I mean, Running USA did this survey in 2016 and 2017, and the number one question that people wanted to know was where do I run on vacation? And it was like, yeah, we're on, you know, this is definitely, this is what is in conversations so often with runners. And so that's kind of how Sweet Run started. Um, and we decided, you know, we wanted to have run in the, in the name and sweet for like a hotel suite. And, and then that's kind of how we got started. And we're th- we thought to ourselves, well, if we can provide maps and directions at a hotel for runners that come into town, kind of like having, you know, their own personal run concierge and they can just go outside the door, their hotel door and be able to go on a beautiful run no matter where they are and not have to overthink it. I think that that would be a real benefit to people. And so that's how we got started. That's awesome. So I don't travel for pleasure, really. (laughs) I feel like all my travel is business related, but I have the same issue. Um, Unless I'm like literally in midtown Manhattan where I can just like bump over to Central Park and just kind of like run around. That's always a fun excursion. But I travel to other places as well where it's um, where this is this is definitely an issue for me. It's not necessarily a safety issue, which is for other people, but definitely like I want to go find a cool place to run. I don't want to just like run along the main street like 20 minutes and then turn around. You know what I mean? So like I want to run to some place interesting. So 
when you when you're doing this, first of all, this is like so interesting. It's so cool because you're right. This is definitely a need for a lot of people, and I can definitely see why you would try to go this route. I think isn't it the line is like if you want to start a business, like solve a problem. Like that's how you should envision your business is like as something as you're solving other people's problems. So I know oh, this is yeah. a problem at least for me. That's for sure. So how does the, how does it work? Like is it like say say where I was going to go to a hotel that you guys have a like symbiotic relationship with would I then just like kind of like study the route ahead of time or does it sync with an app like how does it how does it work so and I also want to say that this is definitely something that we thought about for business travelers as well I mean cuz when people travel on business they want to still get their workout in they still want to get their run in I mean there's so many people that are you know, training for a race or just want to run because it makes them feel good. So we definitely want to target the business travel as well. Um, So how it would work, um, we haven't developed the app yet. So our business is officially launched about three weeks ago. So we're still like in the throes of like being super new and launching this. And um, we're just excited about where it's going to go. We will have an app at some point, but right now... um, you will have a map at a hotel um, and then it'll have turn by turn directions that you can download to your phone. And so you will have like a voice activated person telling you to go, you know, down the street and turn left and then turn right. So you will have that. Um, And then since it's only Gerald and I right now that are doing this, um, we're starting in Los Angeles, which, you know, it's it's a huge market. So we're definitely going to target Southern California and Los Angeles where we live. And then um, we are going to expand and just keep going. And, and it's amazing now how many people we've talked to that are like, hey, you know, I'm in Seattle you know, or I'm traveling to Seattle, do you have a run for me here? Or, hey, I'm in Florida or DC or whatever. So we know that it's like, okay, we're going to have to figure out um, how to expand this um, to different parts of the country as well. So we've got a lot of plans. We've been talking to to a lot of um, hotels and corporate sponsors and trying to figure um, this all out. But we're super excited about the direction that we're going. I mean, this, I think of this as almost like a runner's version of Wikipedia. Like you could get like people to like input running routes to like help other runners. Like I I can definitely see that happening. I can see a bunch of people wanting to be like, not necessarily ambassadors for you, but just kind of, I guess, contributors in a way. Like you, you're a contributor, right? You, you write for Runner's World and a bunch of different magazines. You're not like full-time staff, but like you, you put, you put uh, articles out into like, you know, into their magazines and online. Like, I feel like people would be more than happy to do the same sort of thing from a running perspective. I think so too. And, and, you know, runners are the nicest people. I mean, they, and we, they always want to help, especially if it's like, you know, like we were saying, solving a problem that everybody can benefit from. Then people are like, oh my gosh, I, you know, have this really great route that I want to share with you, or I've been to this hotel and you should definitely go and see this on your run instead of going this way and seeing nothing. And so um, we're definitely going to utilize, you know, people wanting to help and people that are runners and definitely know. I mean, because like, you know, no one really wants to go on a route where like every half mile you have to stop at a stoplight or there's some obstacle in the way or, or you know, maybe this t- particular route is, you know, got too many potholes. I mean, there's just so many different things you can think about that, you know, I don't want to run that way. I'd rather run this way. And I wish I would have known that. Um, but but the routes are going to be vetted um, and real runners will have run the routes and be able to tell people what's the best way to go. And the one thing is we like that we're targeting independent hotels. So, you know, they have a need too to be able to service um, runners that come to their hotels. And it's not being utilized in a lot of the, most of the independent hotels. So we're excited about the direction that this can go. It's super exciting. It's, it's neat too, because to talk about it so soon, I mean, we've just launched and we have so many ideas and, and people have been so wonderful and so open already. So I'm excited to see in two months, six months, a year, you know, how we can make this grow and where it's going to go. But it's, it's really exciting for us. Yeah, I can imagine. It, it's exciting for me to see it from afar. So I granted, like you said, you just started it. So I don't want to blow it up too much because obviously you have like you have the growing pains. And as someone who 
I, shoot, it pains me to have someone listening to a podcast that, that I started after just three weeks of doing it. It's uh, it's not the best version of the show, that's for sure. So I can I can relate to that. So with that being said, if someone's interested or thinking about it, what's the best way for them to get information on Sweet Run? So we have our website, it's sweetrun.com. And then we're on all social media at Sweet Run. So Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sweet Run. And we also um, publish a weekly newsletter. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about that. We just started that three weeks ago. We have had three um, newsletters come out. And so we'd love for people to subscribe to that because we are doing a couple things with the newsletter. We're interviewing real runners um, and especially runners that love to travel. And we've, um, you know, talked to some really interesting people and we've got some really great people coming up. Um, So we um, got some great interviews and then we just talk about things like, you know, current things happening in the running world or maybe a great recipe or some great tips or some good books to read. Um, Just a lot of different things that I think will be really interesting and helpful for, the running and fitness community. So um, they can subscribe at sweetrun.com. All right. And how can they follow you specifically? Me, um, I'm on all social media at Nat Runs Far um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Nat Runs Far. So that's where you can find me. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. I love following you specifically and and what you guys are doing as a company generally, that's for sure. And with that being said, let me do the little um, quick questions I like to do at the end of every episode. So with that said, when you're going on your run, are you wearing headphones or no headphones? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So um, I would say... For the most part, I do not have headphones on. Um, sometimes if I have to jump on the treadmill for whatever reason, then I will have them on. I'll listen to music or podcast or something. But usually my runs are outside. So um, for the most part, no headphones. Okay. So I'll skip the what are you listening to question in that case. So go on to the third one. What advice do you give runners but often have trouble following yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say probably like taking more time to rest. Um, I tend to like go, 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 go. And sometimes you just need to let it all go and just, you know, rest, whether it's on the schedule or not. And I, and I definitely have a, have a problem doing that sometimes. Yeah, especially for type A people the resting can be tough because it not only it's almost like for some people, like the idea of resting, like creates stress. So it almost like doesn't work at all. You know what I mean? It's like if you're resting, but then you're nervous and anxious about your resting, then you're probably not recovering the way you should be in the first place. I know. And you know, it's, and I know this, like, and I'll force myself, you know, to really rest. Cause I mean, that's the most important part of the whole any any type of program that you're doing with um, for running or exercise or whatever. It's like, I think the most important part is how much are you resting? Because that gives your body the time to recover and renew itself and be ready um, to go for the next workout. So I think, you know, when you feel when you feel like you need the extra rest time, I think take it rather than not take it because I think your body will definitely appreciate that and reward you later. So, yeah. All right. So if you could run one more race for the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would that be? Oh, Matt, this is a hard one. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. Just because I feel like I haven't run like a ton of different races. Um, hmm. Hmm. My goodness. I... I guess I would say Chicago just because I love I love that race. So that's what I'm going to go with. All right. So on the other end of the spectrum, what is your bucket list race? Oh, um, I think I'm going to say Berlin. 
I have just heard so many great things about that race and it'd just be a really fun place to travel. And like, it's just a fast course. It sounds like people just do really well there and you can make a complete vacation out of it afterwards. So I'm going to go with Berlin. Yep. All right. I want to, I want to dovetail into another question here. This is not part of the, the normal string of, uh, of questions I normally do, but when you travel and there's a race involved in the traveling, how do you like to orientate that trip? Like where do you like to have the race fall in the, in, in that vacation? Like is it the beginning is it the end. Like how do you deal with like the 36 hours after the race? You're a parent too. There's other considerations. How do you work this? Cause this has come up in my own life and I'm not, and I'm not sure how to address it. Cause part of me just like, it thinks like, Hey, I don't want to be on vacation and thinking about other people. I just want to like sit in a bed and relax. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Um, I, in my ideal world, I would like to get to the destination, have the race, get that out of the way. I mean, of course you're going to enjoy it and you worked for it and all of that. And then, but like get that done on the front end and then be able to, just relax and hang out and eat and sleep and sightsee or whatever you're going to do on the back end. I mean, I'd much rather do that than get somewhere and be like thinking about the race, anticipating it. You don't want to be on your feet too much. You don't want to eat the wrong foods and you don't want, and then you're overthinking the race. You know what I mean? So I'd rather get it done and then just hang out and chill the rest of the time. (laughs) And, but part of me thinks like, Hey man, just like if you're if it's race, do a race. If you want to go on vacation, go on vacation, but don't mix them. Like that's part of me because I'm like part because like I would feel the guilt of like, hey, I just ran this race and I know you guys want to like walk around and have fun, but I don't want to do any of that. I just want to like lay down right now. I know it's almost like that's a tough one because it's almost like you'd want to like go to the like Bahamas or something and do a race and then be able to just like, you know, have lay at some beach resort. But at the same time, it's going to be like super hot and whatever. So you don't necessarily want, wouldn't want to race there, I guess, unless there's one part part of the year where it's not very hot. Um, And then of course, if you vacation in a city, like when we've gone to Boston and I've taken my family We've gone there, gotten there like maybe a day or two before, and so I'm kind of hanging out, not really doing a lot. My, you know, Gerald is like taking the kids to do a bunch of fun stuff. Then we have the race, and then they're like, "Okay, now do we want to go here, here, and here?" And I'm like, "I am exhausted." <laughs> and you know, you want to like do all these fun things in the city where you're walking around a ton, but that's also a little tough too. So um, I'd say try to do pick a race where. There's not a lot to go and see, so you can just like relax at the beach or something. That's a good point. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I have this like guilt associated with with the running vacation that involves other people about being like, oh man, I ruined your good time because I, I just wanted to rest and recover. But no. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Last question. Thank you so much for coming on the show. First of all, this has been fantastic. You're so wonderful to talk to. Um, so last one, who is your dream running partner? Mm. You know what? I'm going to go with my son, Josh. He is seriously my dream running partner. Um, he is so much fun. I just want to say that I have had the best time with him this summer. We have, um, so last, I'll just start with, so last summer he started running with me a little bit. Like he was kind of like asking to go for a run or he'll be like, oh, mom, I know you're running really easy today. Can I come with you? And I'm like, of course you can come with me. And so we just kind of like, you know, did that a couple of times. So he would run with me a couple of times last summer and it was so much fun. And then in that year, he just like grew so much. Like, I don't know, he just became stronger. And like, I think he was just with, it was a compliment with all the other sports that he was doing in school. And so he started running with me a lot this summer and we have had so much fun. I mean, I could just go on and on about him. Like we, he, you know, he, he just, he's like the perfect running partner. He likes to talk and he can talk and I'll listen. And he, you know, he stays up with me just fine. I mean, a lot of the times he's done workouts with me and he like, you know, leaves me in the dust, 
which is pretty hilarious. And we've been able to race together this summer a couple of times. We've done some 5Ks together. And um, he's just proven himself to be this little natural runner. It's just been awesome. And I don't know. It's like I was saying to him the other day, I'm like, I'm really going to miss running with you during the week when you're at school because we just have so much fun together. And it's like I've had this built-in running buddy. So he, yeah, definitely without a doubt, I'd choose my son, Josh. There you go. See, I think a lot of people have answered in a similar way, but have done so like by prognosticating, like, like, oh, I think my dream running partner is my son or daughter when they're older. And they, like, I think what they do is they envision the exact thing that you just described. So the fact that you've actually gotten to actually do it, I think is a, uh, is fun and exciting because a lot of people I've talked to, they kind of hope that that's going to be the case. But, you know, it's hope because their kid might be, you know, four or five years younger than Josh is. And they're, I guess you never really know how things are going to turn out. So that is uh, that is very cool. And I'm sure it's cool for him, too. And um, he must be a pretty talented runner if he's dusting a woman who's trying to break three hours in the marathon. I mean, my goodness. I know. I mean, you know, he picked it up so fast. Like there's, you know, there's this one workout that we did this summer on the track. And so I had a bunch of 800 meter repeats to do. I think I had like 10, 800 meter repeats to do. And so I'm like, all right, Josh, you can, you know, cause he's like, can I do it with you? And, and it's always like, you know, he's the driving force, like whatever he wants to do. Like I never push him or never say, Hey, do you want to, it's always kind of like, he's like, Hey mom, can I do this? And I'm like, of course, you know, only if, if you want to, cause I know it sometimes it can be a slippery slope when they're young and you, you, you know, you don't want to be the parent that's like, come on, do you want to do this? Or, you know, do you, I don't know. I never want to push him to do anything. So it's all like him driving what he wants to do anyway. So I had a bunch of 800 meter meter repeats to do on the track. And he's like, Hey, yeah, can I come with you? And I'm like, of course. And so we do the warm up together. And I'm like, well, I, I'm like thinking I, you probably don't want to do all 10. I wouldn't imagine. He's like, no, 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 mom, I don't want to do all 10. And I said, well, just figure out if you want to do two or three with me. Anyway, he, I had to do like a certain time. I think we were running like 307 or something for them. And he pushed my butt, the whole, all three of them that he did with me. He kept me right on pace. He was like, come on, mom. I mean, it was amazing. And I I hadn't had that experience with him before, but I'm like, wow, you have got some serious talent here. You're pushing me along. And, um, and so, yeah, he's just done great. Like in the, he's done two 5Ks and just, he's just getting better and faster. And the most important thing is he loves it. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun just to see him. And he's also running cross country this year. So I'm excited about that. So it'll be fun. So exciting. So many crazy things going on. So many good things going on for you and your family. I couldn't be happier for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Matt, for having me. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. It's super fun. I really enjoy your podcast and I'm just um, super excited to, to be here. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Thank you, Natalie, for coming on the show. This was a blast. I really appreciate it. And thank you again to Mercury Mile for sponsoring this episode. If you want some really good running gear being shipped to your house, then go on to mercurymile.com and use promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 to save 10 extra bucks. You know you're too busy to go out there shopping for running gear. Just have it sent to your house already. It's just so much easier. Uh, and everyone who, who does use the code RAMBLINGRUNNER10, I feel like every person who's done it has reached out to me and said, hey, I'm really glad that I got this. The only negative, the only negative, they don't ship to Canada yet. So all my Canadian friends, I'm sorry. Not yet, but hopefully sooner rather than later, Mercury Mile will be able to hook you up as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. That's the best thing that you can do for the show. Share it with your friends if you like this episode or any episode, frankly. So with that being said, happy running.